This simply comes as a forewarning. This is not going to be a long episode. I have a little story for you, uh, for all of you. So, yesterday morning, um, I was, this, this was, this is really just an embarrassing story. This is just, this is just an absolutely embarrassing story. Um, I don't know if this means I'm really out of shape. Or what? But I was sitting at my desk um, working on some writing that I was doing. And um, I went to yawn. And mind you, I I had already been out of the bed for at least three hours. So as I was yawning and stretching, I felt this uh, severe pain in my neck. And, uh, that it lasted a few seconds. And I had never felt it before. Um, and so, I haven't gone to the doctor. But ever since, uh, I did that, my neck, well, let's just say I look asymmetrical. I have one, my right shoulder is drooping probably four to five inches. Um, I look, I look disfigured. I don't, I don't look correct. Um, and it's, it's really quite hilarious at the end of the day. It's, it's something that, you know, I just, I actually, you know, I was looking in the mirror and I just, all all I could do was laugh. All I could do was laugh because, you know, it's, it's, it's something, I mean, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, see a doctor and find a way to get it fixed for good. I've been doing some, uh, heat compresses but uh that's not the uh you know final solution i guess you could say i I think i got i think i'm gonna have to do more because it's um because this this isn't a crick in your neck this isn't something like that i mean i if you look at me if you look at me you can visibly see that my right shoulder um is sagging and it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's really comical. Um, so, you know, that's really kind of funny. So this is not going to be a long episode at all. Uh, but, you know, people, you know, people ask me all the time. You know, they ask me the question, you know, oh, hi, oh, you know, how are you doing? You know, just being casual, you know, hey, how you doing? What's up? What's going on? When I receive the question, how you doing? I always, I always answer, I'm fantastic. No matter what, because, because, you know, I'm alive, I'm healthy, you know, obviously, you know, right now I'm, I'm in some pain, but I'm still, you know, healthy, I'm breathing, I can move on my own. Uh, I'm in my right mind, uh, all of that. Um, so I'm really, you know, I'm really, I'm really, you know, blessed. And so I always say I'm fantastic. So even, you know, if you see me and I, I, I have my right, my right shoulder is sagging. I will still tell you that I'm fantastic. I'm, you know, I'm fantastic. There's so many people that have it much worse than I do. And I, you know, I don't have the best life, but I certainly do not have the worst life. So, you know, thank God for that. So, you know, I'll I'll get into the non-drug story first. I have two drug stories and one of them really, actually both really pissed me off. Okay, this first one. 
Um, Cam Newton. So he has a left ankle sprain. Now, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to the preseason. Stars get hurt that don't need to get hurt. I mean, this, I mean, this, so this happened. Let me just read the article. Cam Newton's surgically repaired shoulder has been the focus for much of the Carolina Panthers preseason, but the focus turned to the franchise quarterback's left foot and ankle after a first quarter sack in Thursday night's 10-3 preseason loss at New England. Uh, team medical staff examined Newton's left foot on the sideline after the sack, his second in three series. The 2015 NFL MVP then walked to the locker room and the team later announced he would not return. A league source told ESPN that an initial diagnosis on Newton, who was in a walking boot after the game, has was a sprained ankle. There will be more learned Friday with further tests. We're hoping it's not too bad, Patch GM Marty uh, Herney told the team radio network regarding Newton. We'll find out more tomorrow, but I hope it's not too bad. Newton, who was 30, underwent surgery on his left ankle in March 2014. Uh, I... Kind, I feel like I kind of remember that injury. Newton set out the first two preseason games as the staff used extreme caution in his recovery from January arthroscopic uh, surgery on his throwing shoulder. The second time the right shoulder had been operated on in three off-seasons. He completed his first four passes Thursday for 22 yards before his first incompletion, a throwaway to avoid a sack. Newton didn't get rid of the ball on the play he was injured. He scrambled around the pocket before going down with New England defensive lineman Adam Butler, holding on to his left foot. Um, replays didn't show anything out of the ordinary, but Newton was favoring the, the foot when he left the field. This wasn't the first time Newton uh, incurred a preseason injury against the Patriots on a scramble. He suffered a fractured rib in 2014 and ultimately missed the opener in at Tampa Bay. Newton finished Thursday's game... Four for six for 30 yards. So, you know, this This is what I'm talking about. We have these situations. We have these problems with the regular season. Because the preseason comes and it's like, okay, we want to see the Stars play. We want to see the Stars play. Um, we already, there's only 16 games that teams play. So the amount of, the amount of NFL that we get is limited for all, for all fan bases. you I mean, your team's going to have at least 16 games. And so what does that mean? That means, okay, so if I have 16 games, you know, that's only 16 times I can watch this team play real football. Because I don't, no one considers the preseason real football. And so when your quarterback, your quarterback, which is, you know, just a slightly uh, important position, when he gets injured... Um, in the preseason, now that's going to affect, uh, the regular season. And it's just, it's just really not that great. It's really, it's just really not that great. I, 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 my issue with this, I can't, I don't like the preseason. I kind of wish people just didn't watch the preseason and just kind of didn't go to the games because I don't believe you need the preseason. I don't. It's very... I mean, I look at college. They do it in college. There's no there's, there's no preseason there. They just play. 
They they have the season and then they go. And these are kids that that have homework, um, projects, uh, tests to study for. They're not professionals. These guys are the those in the NFL are professionals. You can pretty much tell certain people, you know, okay, they can play, they can't play. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Especially when you have a team of coaches. You know, you have multiple, you have multiple pairs of eyes. This, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not, um, it's not looking and trying to, you know, you're not, it's not microbiology. It's not, um, you know, brain surgery. It's not anything like that. You're looking to see, okay, you can play, you can't play. Now, obviously, there's a range of people who can and can't play, but let's be real. Um, some of them, you pretty much, here's the thing, you pretty much know the 53-man roster. You pretty much, you pretty much know who's gonna be on the team. It's not, it's not that difficult to, to decide and figure out. So when I look at a situation like this, I'm thinking, okay, so now Panther fans, I know, I know one Panther fan that I met at, in elementary school in, uh, in fifth grade. It's like, okay, so you have the situation here where the Panthers are trying to, um, you know, they're, they're, they're gonna wanna win football games and stuff like that. And so, now they have to worry about Cam Newton's, um, I mean, they're still gonna be focusing on his shoulder, but now he has a, he has a left ankle sprain. And th- this, this just, again, I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a fan of the preseason. I think it's, I think it's a big joke. And I, I ultimately understand it's a business. The NFL is a business. They're about making money. That's, that is their goal. Okay. So that, that I completely understand. I'm just saying from a fan's perspective, and I don't know if they'll actually do it. Um, but I would, I'd wish they could take football games away and, or I should say eliminate the preseason and then add games to the regular season. Um, but when, because I can't, I can't just look at games like this and just watch them. I gotta be honest. I don't watch preseason football. I don't watch it. I, I don't know how people can watch it because it's the, it's the most basic form of football ever. The, it's, you hear the word vanilla. So what that really means is that you have people who, you know, you're playing football and the, the defense is easy to read. The offense is easy to read. It's pretty much like pickup football. You know, it's nothing complex. It's just go out there, play some football. So I've never, I've never been a big fan of, the preseason, I remember asking my dad when I was younger, um, I first, I first really started watching football when the Patriots were having that 16 to no season. That's, that was, that's kind of, that's really how I became a Patriot fan. So I'm kind of a bandwagon, I must admit. Um, so I looked, so I looked at that and I remember the next season, I asked my dad, I was like, dad, how come they have a preseason? Cause I knew in, I knew in college that they didn't. Cause I watched USC football with, with my dad. And he said, well, son, it's really, it's pretty much a business. Uh, the, 
the NFL just wants to have you watch as much of their product as possible. And so they put as many games in front of you as they can. And so I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, you know, this this whole thing, I just, I can't stand the preseason. It's an absolute joke. It's an absolute disgrace. And no one cares about it. This this it, it doesn't take a long time to figure out who can play and who can't play. You know, it I just I don't know. I don't know. I understand I understand it's people's livelihoods. It's people it's someone's livelihood and this may be something that they want to do. And you have people on the cusp and they'll give anything to have a chance. And I can understand that there can be some emotion involved in cutting these guys. But at the end of the day, you have a situation where these guys are predicating um, their success and their financial futures on um, on a very hard, hard industry to break into. The NFL is extremely hard to get into. It's the best of the best. It's it's the creme de la creme. You have, it's the best football players in the world. And so you have other people who it's like, okay, you know what? I'm not really... It's either I'm not really good at anything else except sports or except football or, you know, this is just what I want to do with my life. And for those who they aren't good at anything else, that's really on them. That's really on them that they can't, um, that they can't look at themselves and say, okay, what's the plan, Phil? You know, I'm not good at anything else. I'm going to go out for the football team. And chances are you're probably not going to succeed. That's, that's just a fact. You're probably not going to succeed. Cause one, there's, one, there's thousands of guys out there trying to make it just to the practice squad. And just trying to get, you know, eyeballs on them. So the odds are against you. And so you you come and you do you do this whole situation and you know it's it's just an absolute joke. It's just an absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. I I just as I said in in an earlier episode, you know, if you you really need an education. If you if you want to do if you want to do sports for a living, you need to you need to educate yourself and you need to have a plan B. I know people who say, "Oh, you know, I don't have a plan B." You might want to have one because everything doesn't go the way you would you would like it to go in life. For example, my the my strained neck. I didn't plan for this. I start school next week, so I'm. It's very. It's it's likely I'm gonna have to go to school looking like this. It's possible. I hope I certainly hope not, but I I may have to. Um, there are certain things. Um, you know, I remember when I applied when I applied to Sacramento State. Um, it was my first choice, and I was applying, and I was thinking, wow. Okay, you know, this is the one school I, I, this is pretty much the one school that I want to go to. And I was, and I was certain that I was going to get in. I had this, uh, I, I actually, I never, I didn't even hear of Sac State until, um, until October of my senior year came, when it, or around that time, when it was time to apply for colleges. I was like, okay, where am I going to, you know, where am I going to apply? Where am I going to go? Cause at the time I was still kind of wondering, 
I was still thinking, I was like, okay, I really don't want to go to school. Okay, I do. I should go to school. I I honestly didn't really know what the direction was for me. But um, I came across Sac State somehow. I don't know how it even happened. Um, And I was like, okay, you know what? I think I want to go there. Because I, you know, kind of like, I like politics. And, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I can get into the political scene. And I just felt, um, I just felt compelled to come to Sacramento State. And I applied to two other schools, which I thought I could easily get into. Um, Sacramento State waitlisted me. I applied to CSU Los Angeles. Denied. And then I applied somewhere else. And I was denied. I was absolutely stunned. And so, you know, you know, I'm not the brightest of indiv- individuals or anything like that. I'm, there's nothing special about me. Um, but pretty, well, the point I'm trying to make here is you need a backup plan. You need to know, oh, you need to say, okay, if this doesn't go right, how will I be able to provide for myself? If something, if something is off, how will I be able to get food on the table for myself, uh, my wife and my kids, or, you know, at least yourself, because you're the most important person to take care of. Because if you don't take care of yourself and you can't do anything for yourself, you can't possibly do anything else, do anything for other people. So that is extremely important. So, you know, all, all I'm really trying to say is, you know, the preseason, it's really got to go. It's got to go and, you know, get an edu- get an education and get yourself familiar with something. Find something that you're good at. Don't necessarily pursue your passion because there are some people who have a passion for uh, singing and they can't sing a lick. That, that's just that's that's just truth. There are some people who just they cannot sing, but that's their passion. There are some people who want to be comedians or comics, and they're not funny. There are some people who want to be actors and actresses, and that itself is already a hard in- industry to break into, and they may not be good at acting. It's it's it, it, that's that's just the case. That's simply the case. So you know, always you know, have a backup plan. Find a way to be able to to provide for yourself. Okay. This next story pisses me off. It just absolutely pisses me off. Alright. Louisiana. This is from Fox News. By Luis uh, Cassiano. Louisiana boy who's five brings cocaine to school. Police say two adults arrested. We have more bags of cocaine. More, we, we have more cocaine that we have to talk about. And the, the, once again, once again, this is, this is just absolutely ridiculous. It's just absolutely outrageous. He's, the, the, the kid is five. The kid is five. I just, I just really have nothing to say about this. A man and a woman in Louisiana were arrested after a kindergartner bought three bags of cocaine to a New Orleans area school. Tuesday investigators said a teacher called a school resource officer after the five-year-old student was seen holding a pair of a bag of white powder later discovered to be cocaine. The officer found two additional bags of the drug. Um, police said in a Facebook post throughout the investigation, it was apparent the child 
had no knowledge about the drugs, police said. Um, investigators said a five-year-old student brought three bags of cocaine to school Tuesday. Detectives searched the child's home and arrested Angelica Stanley and Ellis' cousin, 51, after more cocaine allegedly turned up inside. It's a terrible thing, but the silver lining in all this is that the teacher did a phenomenal job being alert, notifying the SRO, taking immediate action. Um, Detective Daniel, I don't even know how to pronounce this last name, told Fox 8 of New Orleans, God, God only knows what would have happened if this child could have, would have ingested the cocaine. If another student would have, would have ingested the cocaine. I mean, it would have been terrible. Investigators said Stanley and Cousins stored the drugs in the child's clothing, but didn't offer additional details. Police did not disclose the name of the, of the school or the relationship between the child and the suspects. They said proper steps were taken to ensure the future well-being of the child, but offered no specifics. Um, Stanley and Cousins were charged with possession of a Schedule II narcotic with the intent to, with the intent to distribute possession of marijuana with the intent to distribute possession of drug paraphernalia and cruelty to a juvenile, according to St. Tammy Parish jail logs. Now, they said proper steps were taken to ensure the future well-being of the child. I would imagine that is removing the child from that home. There's something wrong with these people. A five-year-old... Okay. Okay. You know, it's, it's very unfortunate when you see... When you see I just look at kids and sometimes it just breaks my heart that they, as I, as I always say, you can't, there are some things you can't pick in your life. You can't pick where you're born. You can't pick who your parents are. In this case, that, that, that's a case right here. Where this kid, this, this is the environment that he lives in. This is the environment that he's around. And there's nothing he can do about it. He can't just be like, you know what? I'm getting out of here. He can't just, he can't just pick up his belongings. And leave in the middle of the night. I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume. That. Angelica Stanley. Now I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just assuming here. But I'm assuming. Angelica Stanley. Is the mother. Um, this seems like a teen pregnancy to me. And. Um, you know. This, this is just. This is just a bad case. Of. A bad environment for the child. The victim here is the child because the child is now pretty much embarrassed. Um, I mean, it's just, it just, it's just pitiful. It's just pitiful. Now, I, now I'm going to say this. It's possible that the child knew what it was. It's possible that he knew what the cocaine was. It's really possible. But. The point is that the child is in that environment. No child should have to be around that environment of, you know, of having drugs in the home. And there's definitely no reason that a child should have have drugs on their person. That's just that's just absolutely outrageous. No, no child should be in an environment where they are in danger of having someone be using drugs or distributing drugs, or selling drugs, or anything, anything like that. That's not a good place for the child to be in. And it's just, it's just absolute. it just, it breaks my heart to see things like this. 
Because this is totally unnecessary. This is totally unnecessary. It, it, I, I just, I don't know, I don't know what to say about these things. Because the child, the child, you know, what, what, what is he gonna do? What is he, what, what is he going to do? And it just, I, I don't know. I have no clue what to do about this. Um. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what this is. We'll have to, we'll, we'll see what this is. I, I, this, this just, this absolutely breaks my heart. I hate seeing things like this. I hate talking about things like this. And, you know, just more cocaine. What is this? What is this? My third or fourth cocaine story? This is, this is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Now. Here is another cocaine story that really pisses me off for another reason. This is from the Western Journal. Patriots star Patrick Chung indicted on felony cocaine charge faces potential prison time. I I I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. This, this just, you know, what, here's what I love about the Patriots. Here's what I love about being a Patriots fan. With the Patriots, they have a system where it's like, if one goes down, they can just put someone in and it's still pretty, the system is still pretty much going to work and it's still going to run and spin like a top. But when I see stupid things like this, it, it, it's horrible. New England Patriots star safety Patrick Chung was indicted earlier this month on a felony of felony cocaine possession. And if convicted, could face several years behind bars. The 32-year-old was indicted August 8th by a grand jury in Belknap County, New Hampshire. Chung did possess or have under his control a quantity of the controlled substance cocaine on June 25th in Meredith, New Hampshire, the indictment reads. Patrick Chung was not arrested and there is no booking photo to provide. Meredith Police Chief Kevin Morrill told the Laconia uh, Daily Sun, which was the first outlet to report the news. If convicted of cocaine possession, according to the Sun, Chung could be looking at between three and a half to seven years in prison. Specific details about the inc- the alleged incident remain unclear, but a source told radio host Jim Murray of 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston that police found cocaine after coming to Chung's house when his alarm was tripped for, for after a breaking and entering. Patrick Chung's home in Meredith had, had an alarm tripped for a B&E. Murray tweeted, citing a source. And ultimately, um, because they were checking on the home, the police had probable cause to enter the home, and they ultimately find the cocaine, which led to the investigation and the indictment. Chung is a 10-year NFL vet and has played nine seasons with the Patriots. 
Um, he broke his arm in Super Bowl 53 and uh, reportedly underwent offseason shoulder surgery, ESPN noted. He was not present at the team's Tuesday practice after having been a regular participant in practices. The team released a brief statement on the matter. Uh, we are aware of the reports regarding Patrick Chung. We will not be commenting while his judicial proceedings take place. New England Patriots safety uh, Patrick Chung is scheduled, this from Adam Schefter, is scheduled to be arraigned on a charge of cocaine possession on Wednesday, according to Belknap County Attorney's Office in Laconia, New Hampshire. Chung is set to be arraigned Wednesday morning. So obviously that was a couple days ago. So this hurts me because I'm a Patriots fan. Um, I like Patrick Chung. He's a he's a talented uh, guy. But you got to stay off the cocaine. You got to stay off the cocaine. And I I don't think that's too much to ask for. I don't think that's too much to ask for. I mean, just, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I understand addiction, but I don't understand drug addictions and when it can cost you your money. That's what I don't understand. Especially when you have, especially when you have the millions and the, the ability to pay for resources to help you get off of these problems. It's just, it's just abs, it's just absolutely ridiculous. That, that's really all I have for this episode. Um, I gotta put this heating pad on my neck. Um, yeah, this should be, this should definitely be an interesting weekend. This should really be an interesting weekend, and um, I will talk to all of you Monday morning.